Marisi. Well, I do agree that you are a weirdo. It's, you know, I'm just happy. To, <laughs> I'm happy that you can admit it. And, you know, I love you for it. And it's, it's all good. I am Esco Wilson, and this is The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle designer and performance coach, and I've helped hundreds of professionals learn how to tap into the power of their innate potential and thrive on a whole new level. I've seen lives change, and I've seen my life change, and I want to help more people. That's what this podcast is all about, bringing my own experience together with scientific principles and holistic practices to help listeners enhance their personal and professional performance. In each episode, I guide my guests through a difficult issue or challenge, and through the mind-body-spirit connection, we expand what's possible. Imagine, 1996, it's the middle of winter, freezing temperatures, it's Saturday, 8.30 p.m., a Toyota truck, a two-seater, a stick shift with no heat, no radio, and no frills. A small leather bag filled with small plastic bags of cocaine, $13 to $1,500 in cash proceeds in the glove box. A young African-American male obeying every traffic law, secretly running a delivery service all by himself, in solitude, isolated with his thoughts, four, five hours a day, every day, day after day. The lone wolf, avoiding the apocalypse of hustling on the streets, where 99% got arrested or were forced out in other ways. This is my reality after being released from my first prison stint. The lifestyle design, no entanglements, zero integration, moving with a different name, in a different vehicle, with a different uniform, a completely different persona, hours spent driving alone in deep layered thinking, very cerebral, very meditative, my thoughts were very high level. My fantasies were very vivid and clear. I could escape the moment mentally, fantasizing about possibilities and ignore the ramifications of what I was doing to my clients. I can meditate on the type of student that I was being, an excellent student. I can visualize the type of class projects I wanted to create. I could complete homework assignments in my head. I remembered the answer to quizzes masterminding in solitude, uninterrupted, deep layered thoughts. I thrived on this, selling drugs in solitude, in secret. No one else could do it. Anybody else who tried crumbled. It was too dark. It was too quiet, sitting in a cave, sitting in solitary confinement. This was my approach to self-regulation. This was my approach to self-mastery. The reality, however, is more of a karmic lock. I was trapped in solitude because that's how I was brought up. A single child in a single parent home who spent many, many hours on his own. So I don't need anybody. I learned how to thrive on my own, no matter what the situation is. And the self-awakened lifestyle 
is about honoring our powers, but also filling in the gaps that might be absent in our life. So this episode is a little bit different. It helps us to share not just a coaching approach and how to be in this scientific extra cerebral approach to self-mastery, but the more subtle, more gentle interaction between two people. It's about moving away from the secret powers of deep solitude. And it helps me to understand how to invite people in, how I can move towards socialization and help me to integrate my life in multiple ways. So again, this is not a coaching session. This is a beautiful conversation between partners, a co-creative conversation. It invites a deeper human factor, a deeper emotional and embodied connection. This conversation invites a deeper level of complexity. The question that we'll explore in this conversation, at least for me, is what does it look like to become one with somebody else when you've lived your life from day one all alone? What does it look like to personally develop yourself with somebody when you've always done it on your own? Executing professional tasks, owning a business with somebody, cohabitating with somebody, when your best friend is also your lover, when you're able to see yourself in ways only possible through the eyes of the most important person in your life. I'd like to introduce you to Serena, my partner. So, Serena, my love, let's just dive in. Talk to me. What's an ideal possibility for you? To have a really fun, heartfelt conversation with you for everybody to hear. A reflection of many of our other conversations. So we've had many conversations. We were somewhat friendly for years, and then we became closer. And at some point, there was a shift. And I think we acknowledged that the shift occurred when a moment of embrace where we hugged each other a certain kind of way. When you seduced me. (laughs) Okay, you want to go right in. Okay. I seduced you. This is an ongoing um, mystery, but yes, that's my, that's where I spend. Either way, even though I know you seduced me, either way, how's the journey been? Through many, many stages in our relationship. I feel like I've changed a lot as a person within this relationship. And some of my early memories were experiencing for the first time a calm nervous system that I wasn't familiar with. For me, it's just the foundation of who we are as a couple. You know, like I just associate everything, everything about us with a regulated nervous system. Mm. Okay. Like that, to me, that's the foundation of us. Yeah. It's nice that you phrase it that way, but it's not the avoidance of conflict. It's embracing peace first, centering first. So we're agreeing to be life partners in many, many complex ways. Um, By itself, romantic partnership can be super complex. And people can escape that by going off to their job in one direction. The other person goes off to their separate career. You and I, everything is integrated, like everything. 
Like we have the same commute. We work in the same workspace. Like we're together. We could be together literally 24 hours a day. Right. So, yeah, I feel definitely a sense of, at the very baseline, systemic peace. And a peace that invites complexity at its core. And that allows for very stimulating conversation, but done in a responsible way. So it's not like arguing. You follow what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But I remember this wasn't always the case. Like, I definitely went to my phase where I would initiate arguments. Um, now, luckily, that was a brief time in our relationship. <laughs> but it's definitely been there. And uh, I do remember the, the consequences. I do remember, you know, the, the lingering feelings uh, mm. that, would, that would not allow me to, to be my best self and do my best work the following day or week or whatever it was. Mm. And so I'm just happy that we we both worked and are working on ourselves individually to be able to tap into what we need to tap into to bring peace to the relationship. I know for me, a lot has changed and personal development has only been present at the level that it's at now for the past two years. So it hasn't been from the beginning of our relationship. I don't think mm. in the beginning, I. Yeah, I don't think in the beginning I knew how to even explore who I am and what, like, what it is that I truly want and, and not feel like I need to be a certain way, I need to act a certain way. And a lot of that has to do with my, you know, my programming, my, my past relationships. So it's only been the past two mm. years for me that I've been a thousand percent in you know, dedicated, completely dedicated to my own growth and development, no matter what. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I will, I'll share what personal development means for me since we've shifted how we associated with each other, how we started to develop this life partnership since the hug. Um, and for me, um, it's personal development with somebody else in mind. So yes, me first, but me knowing that if I make this adjustment, it's going to have an impact on somebody directly next to me who I care about a lot, a huge impact. So oh, I, I might not be able to take that route for my own personal development. So me, yeah, I've been doing self-mastery work and all that stuff for a bit, but it's been Esco's world isolated from anybody else, totally independent. I can do whatever I need to do, get up 4.30 in the morning move a certain way, eat a certain way. I don't have to be concerned about anybody being influenced by the changes that I'm going to make. And if I wake up one morning and I went to bed as a caterpillar and I wake up as a butterfly, that was intended. And whoever is impacted by that, uh, so be it. So it's always like the world revolves around ESCO and that is no longer the case. And that is initially challenging because I didn't even see it. Like I didn't even know it. I've broken up in many friendships for example, a lot of people who, who listen to the show, they know about my little drug crew. A lot of that complexity, and a lot of those challenges with, the, with that was me not understanding their universe, their internal world. I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, why you can't do what, I, what needs to be done? Well, they're human beings living in a complex situation, and they're going to make decisions based on that. And um, I didn't understand that. So I would just abandon them. I'm like, ah, this is crazy. Or blame them. Or like, you're in my way. That was ESCO. And you've taught me, our relationship has taught me to slow down and see integration 
see interdependence and how much more powerful that is. And I honor you for being patient with me. You know, I always call myself, I'm a weird guy. I'm a weirdo. And I really honor and appreciate you putting up with this weird person. But with that in mind, when did it shift for you, for you to be like, hold up, I need to do my own thing. I need to do Serena personal development and whatever Esco, you know, I need to put him to the side for a second and do my own personal thing. When did that like light switch get turned on in your mind? Well, I do agree that you are a weirdo. It's, <laughs> you know, I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm happy that you can admit it. And, you know, I love you for it. And it's, it's all good. So we had a very different way of going about life. You know, you're an only child. You kind of like, from previous conversations that, we, that we've had, you went through life with very little emphasis on relationships, on quality, long-lasting relationships. My reality has been very different. Like I've spent most of my life in some sort of relationship. I spent very little time being single, for one. And then I've also, funny enough, attracted the type of men that uh, you know, I, I kind of felt like I had to be a certain way around, act a certain way around. I was definitely pleasing people to, to keep the harmony or so I thought. And so I was very used to managing conflict and, you know, making sure there's peace and harmony everywhere I went. And not often did I spend time to think about myself and who I actually am and what I actually want. I never felt like uh, I was safe enough in most environments, in most relationships to do that. And that only started happening once I was in a relationship with you. That I felt like, oh, I have, I, this is nice. <laughs> I feel very free in this relationship. Like, it just feels different. But it didn't click right away because, you know, old patterns, old wiring runs deep. And um, it took me a while. It took me a while to really... To really tap in because I still had this feeling of at some point I'm gonna do something wrong, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up in some way, and Esco's gonna see who I really am and he's gonna leave. Like I had this weird fear around being left or being in a position where I wouldn't be accepted if I if I were to explore who I was. There was a lot of fear around that. What happens if I, if I tap into this personal development world, if I, if I start searching, if I rock the boat and somehow it doesn't work for me and then I end up losing my relationship and also wasting time and also not realizing who I actually am. Like I had all sorts of, all sorts of fears around this. And I think the moment, the moment when I realized okay, it's me time, happened about two, two and a half years ago. But at the time, I didn't quite understand what was happening. I started going through this phase where I wouldn't be able to control my emotions. I didn't feel uh, sovereign. I didn't feel connected to my body. And I would, I started lashing out and not being able to tap into my ability to let things go. And that went on for I would say about a year. I trace it back to being on the birth control pill. I was briefly on the birth control pill for about, I think it was two years. And 
it had some very powerful side effects on me. It really affected the way I was thinking, my emotions all over the place. And there was this moment when I just knew it was on me to figure it out. And that's when I went deeper into my health journey and I I took matters into my own hands. And once I gained confidence by going through this journey, that's what started my my um, leap of faith, so to speak, into, into the personal development world. And then I started digging deeper into the emotional and spiritual parts too. Yeah, I'm listening to how you're filtering your thoughts. What comes to my mind is how we, cre- we create a container for independence and did I know that it was related to the, you know, taking her control? I didn't know that for sure. But yeah, I knew something was happening at a level that was like beyond your control, meaning it's not internal to yeah. you, it's something else that's creating, you know, almost like a voodoo doll, like poking yeah. at you and like this other part of you emerges. And I'm like, yo, you are not here right now. Somebody else is here. And I had to learn to like have compassion for that somebody else. Because even though it's not you, it is you. That's right. still the person that I'm with. That's still my partner. I have to say, like, it was much appreciated, the fact that you actually said something. Like, you have no control over what is happening. And I remember the relief that I felt when you said that to me. Because up until that point, I really felt crazy. But I was somebody that... I used to always wait for somebody to tell me what's right or wrong, what to do, what not to do, what's correct, how to move forward. Like that was just so ingrained in me that I, I really needed somebody from the outside at that point in my life to, to say something. And the second you said that, I was like, oh, thank God I'm not crazy. Like I knew it. And that's, that, that was my permission slip to move forward and, and do something about it. I mean, a week later, you even said it. It was like, oh, you just went back to normal. So that was the immediate outcome of just like making a decision. But the longer term outcome, it was, I think for me, just a reinforcement that I, I do need to listen to my gut feeling. And, you know, when there's something there, just listen to that voice or that feeling, whatever it is, because it's, it's there for a reason. I love it. Yeah. And me partnering with you, flowing with you into your energy field is like opening up endless, countless experiences that awaken my mind to new potential in what I'm already doing. So that's scaffolding. So two people showing up as whole entities with different ideas and different experiences, sharing those experiences at a higher level, the mind expands faster. And that's the meta consciousness. And we can cultivate that and support it and then rely on it. So that's why, that's one of the reasons why it's truly beneficial to, you know, have you in my world, to spend time with you as much as we do. And that taps into what's called the social engagement system. The social engagement system can be viewed as an elevated aspect of our intelligence, an elevated aspect of our brain, meaning there's the primal kind of fight or flight brain mechanisms. And we go into default and we get reactionary and we're instinctual, but that's more short-term. Then is that responsive, kind of like, all right, I got this, I'm in self-mastery mode, I'm gonna have a respond 
a, a mature response to how my emotions are spewing throughout my bloodstream. I'm going to have a mature response to these triggered mechanisms that are wired deep inside of me. So there's a certain limit to how much we can expand by just being very mature, truly, truly expanding way beyond what we believe we know, going into a realm that we don't even know exists, we didn't even understand, is more likely to happen in that co-regulatory space of social engagement with somebody else who is showing up self-regulated, who's showing up as a whole person, where all of their psychic energy is totally filled up inside of them, and then it starts to spew over, unconditional. And I'm receiving that in abundance all the time. Yeah. And what also comes to mind when I hear you say that is, you know, part of the self-development world is also learning how to communicate because there was a time, so up until two years ago, when I didn't know how to communicate my feelings to you in particular. I remember a time when you looked so certain of how you went about uh, your your career, your job, you're in the, in the fitness world, that I felt like I had to do it the same way because that's the correct way. So for somebody who's wired the way that I am, that's always looking for the correct way of doing things, we started talking about uh, you know self-exploration and what works for one might not work for another. So you're watching me, this self-mastered, person who does not understand that there's over seven something billion realities that are being expressed right now. I'm thinking mine is the only reality. So what works for me must be the truth. I get it. And for one, that's not the truth. There's many, many ways to express not only the self, but success formulas. And to have this level of confidence in yourself is great. But to not create open space for somebody who's in your world to share maybe their level of confidence or maybe their insecurity, to not allow that is detrimental to the interaction. And I didn't understand that. I didn't know that other people are impacted by how I show up. And, I'm, and I learned that primarily from, from you in terms of that intimacy. Um, so, yeah, I can see why you're like, hold up, Esco must, it must be correct because he's so confident. It's just pride in myself and confidence in myself, but of a lack of appreciation that there is a beautiful conversation to be had in sharing and open sharing ideas and questioning what we believe to be true, altering the definitions, rephrasing things. And again, the metaconsciousness. I didn't have an appreciation for that metaconsciousness vibration. I remember one of my relationships, I told her, I said, listen, I know for a fact that I'm going to grow up. I'm going to get old and be by myself. I already know that. And that was me telling this person that this is doomed to fail because I'm the person who's wired to wind up like the 80-year-old who moves to Wyoming and like lives in the mountains by himself. I was totally comfortable with that. Like that was like almost a desire. Now, please, hell no, hell no. So I appreciate you helping me to see a different reality. We helped each other see things differently. But I appreciate you saying that because, yeah, mm -hmm. through conversations, I think a lot of what was happening when we first started dating is explained and makes more sense. I came from a marriage that was, well, clearly unsuccessful. 
but I was just so used to, you know, being texted all the time and being asked where I was and what I was doing. And that was my reality. And like, I did not like that. And I knew that wasn't okay, which is why we worked so great for so long. Cause he was like, Oh, he does. Let's go. Let's not do that. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but with that being said, there were moments when like, Oh wow. Like he literally, he literally never texts me. And I was like, secretly happy like really 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 happy but even then part of me would be like does that mean something like should i be worried and then my gut feeling would come in and it was like no it's freaking awesome like i love that i love that and yet again I i was very deep in this how things are supposed to be and looking for the right way and the wrong way and the correct way um that you know i felt like i didn't know how to be right I remember one time early, maybe like the first week, I go out, I buy food, I bring it home, and I start eating, like right in front of you. And you look <laughs> at me like, what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, you were so upset. And I was like, oh, shit. I bought food for myself. I'm eating it right in front of her. I'm thinking, like, go get your own food. Like, what? I don't know what you want. So, yeah, I can definitely appreciate those subtle things, simple things, like sitting down and having enjoying a meal. And that's creating an ecosystem of energy. That's communication. That's part of that social engagement, metaconsciousness thing I'm talking about. It's, can you smell the food? Can we play music? Can you feel the warmth from the oven? And let's open up the window in the middle of winter in New York City. You know, just that in itself is an ecosystem that's very nurturing. And that's, that, that's part of that piece that I've learned not only to you know uh, appreciate, but deliberately practice. It's like this is a way to speak a love language. Um, this is a way to share my intentions non-verbally. I don't have to say a word. And same thing for you. You don't have to say a word. Like you said, we do realize the importance of being purposeful in creating a certain environment around us. You know, we know that cooking, buying our food, and cooking our food is superior quality and brings in superior nutrients into our bodies, right? It's something that we're both very passionate about. There's a certain vibe that we like to surround ourselves with. Like we're at home, it's the weekend, we're together. Like let's, how can we make this place feel more cozier, feel, you know, peaceful. And that's one way that we do that because we care about, you know, creating a certain experience together. And it's more of this energy and intention and like a psychic presentation to each other that is cultivated in the home. Same thing in the business. So what comes to mind is when you teach me things that you learn. So you, you go off and you're creating associations, associates and partners who in many ways were like myself years ago before we became romantic. They were people that there's zero romance there, but there's like a friendship. There's a camaraderie, professional, and there's an appreciation for the knowledge that's being exchanged. And you're learning and you travel, you go off to different countries and different states to engage in your personal development. And you come back, you're excited about it, you share it, and then you practice on me. And one part of that practice is me learning and absorbing your intellect and your wisdom, but also I can feel. This is my life partner. This is my lover who is practicing 
this somatic technique that she just learned and it feels so good, but it feels especially good coming from her. So there's like this comprehensive loving experience that's stimulating and soothing and healing to my intellect as well as my psyche. So we take on that responsibility to share the various layers that we are. And that's the deepest levels of interdependency. And all of that creates this ecosystem, psychic energetic ecosystem that, again, is part of the social engagement system. If you have an amazing partner, and I do believe I have that. What are your thoughts? I think I have that too. Pretty sure you're stuck with me. (laughs) I am very happy that we got to this point. And, you know, it just, I think it's a reflection of where we're at as individuals. We're at a point where we can experience life through so many different senses. Our relationship was based on friendship, which I think made a huge difference uh, in how we started and, you know, what the, what the standards were. I'm just going to give context. I'm going to give context. So we worked in the same facility, the same company, and there's a good four years of just somewhat friends into, you know, respected associates. And this was for years with zero sexual curiosity. I know you're an attractive woman, you're a gorgeous woman, but I wasn't like stimulated physically. It was like, this is a beautiful woman who can be in privacy with me, but I'm not, I'm not triggered by that. And then, you know, you seduce me. <laughs> Putting that to the side for a second. I mean, I was married, so my mind was not, you know, to, to a romantic relationship outside my marriage at all. So I think that's why our foundation is so strong because we really just started off as friends and, you know, there's a level of honesty and transparency and um, vulnerability and showing up as we are when you're not trying to prove anything to anybody or get anybody's attention. I remember in the beginning of our relationship, although we had all this, you know, amazing connection and, and strong foundation, I was not in a space where I was, you know, self-expressed and self-confident and all the things. So I was associating sexual interactions with the quality of our relationship. So I remember, if God forbid, (laughs) there were times when the sexual energy wasn't the same, I would make that mean something. And I would, I would start freaking out a little bit on the inside. So I'm very happy that we both entered this space of like self-development and knowing who we are as individuals and experiencing life through so many senses and lenses, right? So now we can enjoy and we can turn a cooking experience into a romantic encounter. Yeah, romantic. I, I would say also the level of like spirituality. I can rely on many different expressions. Like you said, senses, expressions, personalities. And I'm starting to understand and identify the various identity, the various personas that make up the whole, the totality of you. And I can, again, fall in love with all of the personas. Sometimes you ask me, will you still love me when I change? I appreciate the question. I get it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious about asking the question in a different way. And the question is, as I introduce new aspects of me, the the person that I'm becoming, the different personas that emerge that I give birth to inside, 
how excited are you to fall in love with them? I love that. So what resonates for you? Well, first, I just love any opportunity to have these conversations with you. I, I just love sharing my life with you, you know, online, offline. I love hearing that last part that you were talking about, because that's, that's been huge for me this last year in particular. I'm getting over this major fear of mine and default pattern that I've discovered, the, the need to know and the need to be predictable. And in my desire to grow, I am teaching myself to embrace messy learning. And in that messy learning, there's a lot of fear coming up around, I know I'm going to change and it might be messy. What if he doesn't like that? What if he leaves? What if he doesn't resonate? And although, you know, I'm also learning to not make my decisions based on that, but to make my decision based on what I feel called to do, it's definitely, it's definitely a fear. It's definitely present. So I just love what you shared around that because it's definitely comforting. And I, I love the, the thought process because all aspects of a relationship are choices. Like we, we choose each other. We choose to do this. It's not, it doesn't just run on raw emotion. I mean, maybe in the beginning, but like the, the relationship of this caliber doesn't just run on raw emotion. It's consistent choices that we make. Like I choose to be with this person. I choose to be with this person. Oh, he's not at his best. I definitely have to choose right now. <laughs> and vice versa. I choose to, to look at this as a new opportunity to, to love him deeper. Yeah, I love that. Please anticipate continuous growth psychologically, emotionally, to show up as a partner for sure. Intellectually, to show up you know, as a guide, uh, learning from you and sharing my lessons with you. And building together, anticipate much greater things. So this is just the beginning. And there's just a whole life to be created. Sweet? It does feel that way in so many ways. All right. I love you very much. I love you. What really resonated with me in this episode, the first thing that really stood out is that it was far more fun than I anticipated while also being very therapeutic. It was artistic and creative in the moment-to-moment -moment interactions, but it also had something that was very intelligent about it. That's what stood out for me. Another thing that stood out for me that really resonated was this subtle tension, the human factor, between a desire to change with an intention to transform while also honoring those quiet, non-handshake, non-verbal agreements to never move too far away from the center. While also knowing that stagnation is the absolute worst outcome. How do we purposely move forward in different directions, but just enough to expand appropriately as partners, to evolve and grow, while also embracing this subtle tension that exists when you're in a transformative process. I saw and I felt and I embodied that subtle tension in this conversation and I realized it. And it helped me to understand the process of creative destruction, even though so many aspects of me and Serena's life are entangled. The third thing that really stood out for me in this conversation is it's very raw. It's a very authentic 
genuine representation of what the self-awakened lifestyle is actually all about. Self-awareness that is enhanced, not just through lifestyle or a sequence of well-organized behaviors or a bunch of deliberate practices, but self-awareness through partnership. And in me and Serena's case, our partnership is expressed in multiple ways, spiritually, meaning we believe in the spirit that guides our creation from within. Socially, we believe in high achievement communities and being a part of those communities, whether you're new or you're the baby in the room, or if you're a leader in those communities. Our partnership has a lot to do with our personal lives. I mean, she's my best friend. It has everything to do with our professional lives. We navigate this thing called professional development together, running our business together, being entrepreneurs and taking on that risk together. Not only engineering who we are becoming, but also engineering the mechanism that's gonna help us get there. Our partnership is everything to do with family. She'll be my wife and we'll raise children together. Imagine the mirror that you see yourself in is all around you, it's behind you, it's beneath you, all around you, all of the time. And you can easily see yourself as the lone wolf, very comfortable in solitude, actually able to grow in darkness. And that's not available anymore. I used to be able to stay isolated for hours and be in deep levels of thinking without the awareness of who I'm becoming in relation to somebody else. That's no longer the case. I'm ingrained and entangled with somebody at all levels of my life. And this helps me to truly understand my trajectory and my growth. This has helped me to break the karmic lock of the lone wolf. I used to be unable to truly find deep internal peace in the presence of others. Now, in the presence of Serena, that's where I find absolute bliss. I am Esco Wilson, and you've been listening to The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. You can find out more about me at selfawakenedlifestyle.com. I'd like to thank Serena for coming to the show today. The Self-Awakened Lifestyle is part of Miracy FM Podcast Network, which also includes shows like Soul Savvy Business and Just Between Coaches. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer and post-production was by Post Office Sam. So you don't miss upcoming episodes, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.